Welcome to Destiny Spirit Church. This week's message is by our senior pastor, Donna Astern. Tonight I want to talk to you a little bit about why we gather. Why we gather, why we show up. The word church is a word that means the called out ones. And what a church is, the definition of church is a gathering of people called together for one purpose. A group of people called together under one purpose, that's church. And so we've got, Jesus said, when you've got two or three gathered in my name, there I am in the midst, right? A lot of people thought, well, church is the place you go on Sunday morning. It's that big building down there in the street. But church is not building church's people. And we gather together. It's not just a mob of folks. But it's people who are called together under one purpose. And that one purpose and what we have in common is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The scripture says in 1 Corinthians 14, 26. What is the outcome then, brethren? When you assemble, each one of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a revelation, has a tongue, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. What is the purpose of the church gathering? Why do we gather? We gather for edification. Would you pass these around, please? We gather for edification. The word edify means to build up, right? So the primary purpose of us gathered together in the name of Jesus Christ is to build one another up. It is to edify one another. Hallelujah. You know, there's a lot of people gathering for lots of reasons this weekend. Some are gathering for fellowship. Some are gathering to have a good time, eat some good food, all kinds of things. But when we gather together, we gather together for a purpose. We want to meet with God and we want to edify and encourage and build up one another. This is, this is scriptural. That's why the verse here says that when we come together, we want to come together to contribute. Someone brings forth a psalm, someone brings forth a prophecy, someone brings forth a scripture, a different thing. Come together, something that's going to add and be a blessing to other people who are, who are in our gathering. And as a result, when we gather together in his name, there's going to be worship, there's going to be fellowship, there's going to be teaching and evangelism. Because when we gather together, what happens? We're gathered under his name, under his purpose. So that means we gather together, we're going to worship. There's going to be, there's, the thing we have in common is Jesus Christ, right? So we're going to worship when we come together. We're going to have words of scripture, words of prophecy, words of testimony, words of insight. We're all learning from those things, aren't we? How many of you ever learned from somebody else sharing like that? Of course, somebody else shares a testimony, what God has said or done. They shared an insight, something God revealed to them in scripture. They share with the rest of us and we are all encouraged and we're strengthened, right? All right, there's also, there's going to be fellowship, obviously, and there can be evangelism. When we gather together, I mean, the scripture says that even when we gather together and the power of God is present, that even those who don't believe, they come in, they'll recognize God's in this place. Because these people, it's not just a, a group of folks gathered together to have a party, but they've gathered together under one purpose. And because the Spirit of God is flowing and, and flowing out of each one, ministering, there is edification that's going on. And it will cause people to say, you know what, God was in that place. You know, that's what I want it to be, that when we leave here, every time we gather, that we say, you know what, God was there. God was there. My intent, and I believe all of our intent needs to be that when we walk out the doors, that we feel built up, that we feel edified. You should feel better when you leave than when you come in. 
Absolutely. If not, we've missed something somewhere unless you're under deep conviction and need to repent. In that case, you'll feel bad until you repent. <laughs> you're, isn't that right? When you're under conviction, that feels pretty bad until you get it right. Say. But when we have come together, if we're all doing our part, you know what? We should leave here being built up, charged up. You know what? I'm going to be okay. I've got people who love me, people who've got my back, who support me. We're going to go out and hit that world one more time and be victorious. Hallelujah. Christ Jesus has so identified with his community that we are his body. We are the church, but we're also the body. Jesus, when he uh, confronted Paul, remember Saul, Paul was on the road to Damascus. He had been persecuting the Christians. And what did Jesus say to him? He says, why are you persecuting me. Jesus took it very personally. Jesus identified so much with his people. He says, this is my body. This, I'm the head, but you guys are the shoulders, the arms, the fingers, the feet, the whole whatever. This is my body. And so there is such a connection the Lord feels with us that we and he are together. We are the same. He's the head, we're the body, right? So there is to be a life flow from the head through the body. So when the head is moving through us, the head is saying, you know what? Bring forth this scripture. Bring forth this song. Bring forth this encouragement. Come and, and share some love with somebody. Give somebody a hug. Guess what? That's the head giving information, instruction to us as the body so that the whole body gets edified and built up. You know what? When even your little toe gets stubbed, what happens? Your hand wants to reach down and touch it and make it feel better. Any part of you that gets hurt, the rest of the body wants to respond to make that feel better. And that's how it is in the body of Christ. When any of us are hurting, God wants to move upon, upon different parts of his body to come in to help strengthen and heal and minister to that painful place, that hurt, that weakness, so that nobody ever has to feel like they are alone. There are too many people who are alone. They don't have anybody else in their lives. But the Lord has put us in, the Bible says God has put us in, in the body as it has pleased Him. He has put the solitary in families. We have, may have been alone out there in the world, but God has put us inside a place where we can join together and be edified and built up. And you may be out there in a hostile work environment or hostile neighborhood. Or maybe even your natural family is hostile to you and where you're walking with the Lord. But when you come together with the people of God, you should walk out of here stronger, more healed, more together, more encouraged that it's going to be all right. All right? Because life is hard, but God is good. Amen? Amen. He has identified with us that we are his body. We are the concrete expression of his presence. How many times has people have just felt like, well, if I could just see Jesus, if Jesus would just appear to me, if he would tell me, if he would give me a word, if he would speak to me a scripture, and, and the Lord Jesus says, I'm going to use my body. I'm going to use my body. We say, well, Jesus, if you just appear to me and give me a word, he says, no, I'm going to use Sharon. As a, body, as a member of the body of Christ. And our hearts are to be open say, God, you got something to say? You got something to minister? Something you want to do? Then I want to open myself up to the expression of your body that you've got right here. Because you know what? If you've got a need, when we meet together, as we are sensitive to the Holy Spirit, God is going to reach out and to comfort, to encourage, to heal, to deliver, to instruct. Whatever that we need, I believe that he will supply it through his body. You know? Get you the prayer support that you need. Many times you walk out of here with the financial support that you need, the physical support that you need. 
because Jesus has spoken something through the body and has moved upon different ones and said, I want you to meet that need. I want you to be there to encourage and to strengthen. And so our heart is that when we come together and say, God, you've made me to be a blessing. Who am I going to be a blessing to right now? I want everybody when they leave to walk out of here edified, strengthened, encouraged, feeling stronger. Amen? So nobody walks out of here feeling bad, hurting, and beat down. Hallelujah. Every member of his body is valuable and precious. The Bible's very clear about that. Sometimes we think, well, I'm not the leader, I'm not the visible person, I'm not important. That is not true. Every single part of your body is important. Let me ask you this. Is there any part of your natural body you're willing to cut off and throw away? No. As a matter of fact, you feel very strongly about every part of your body. Isn't that right? You like that kneecap, right? You like that little toe. You know, there are parts of our body we definitely want to hold on to. And even some of the things that we don't think are all that special and all that great, the truth is we don't want to give up any of them. That's healthy and normal. You know what? Every part of his body is valuable and precious. Sometimes, you know, we take the, um, out there in the world, they, they act like some people are more important than other people. Some people are more valuable than other people. How many of you know this that happens sometimes at your workplace? that somebody's considered to be more valuable or more important because of whatever they seem to bring to the table. But you know what? We've all got various strengths and various abilities and various callings, but when it comes down to it, every part is valuable and every part is precious. And if you walk out of here at any time feeling like I wasn't valuable and I wasn't precious, then somehow we have missed it. Somehow we have fallen down the job because the Lord does not want to communicate that to you. He wants to communicate to everyone. You are valuable and you are precious and everything and all that you have is, is valuable to us and we want the Lord's love to be expressed to you. Every member is valuable and precious. Every member is to be healed and to be in unity with the other members. We heard that twice in prophetic word tonight that the Lord was after unity. Why is he after unity? Because the devil is after disunity. Because the devil is after division and strife. But God is after unity because in the unity is where the power is. In the unity is where the, the love flow is. And you know, the Bible says that where two or three are gathered in my name and where two or three agree, right? So no wonder the devil wants to get us split up to where we're in disagreement, split up to where we're no longer walking in agreement and in covenant with one another because then our work is diminished. You see, when we are in agreement and harmony together, our strength, our prayer, our faith, everything about us is multiplied exponentially. We are so much better together than we are separately. So much better and so much more powerful. Okay? We are to be healed and in unity with other members. I've got here a list of things. Why do we gather? When we gather together, we've got instructions from the Word of God. And I think it's really important to notice that these instructions are given because we need them. We need them, right? Why, when you're driving out there, you see those signs, no parking here? Why is that sign there? Because otherwise, everybody would park there, and it would be a problem in some, it's a loading zone or something, right? There are instructions that are given to us in the Word of God because we need these instructions. We need to understand what God has intended for us and how He's intended for us to live together as the body of Christ. It says we are to love one another. We are to be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Devoted is not a half-hearted, I can take it or leave it kind of an attitude, is it? We are devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. 
We're not always having to fight for the top place or the place of, of um, the place of honor, the place of expression. I was in a situation this week and and um, in a group setting, and some th- some things were being shared and going on. Very friendly, open setting. And, uh, and I was relatively quiet because I felt no need to push forth. You know, I don't need to push forth anything. These people are sharing. I'm in agreement with what's being said. It's fine. I can give preference and honor to somebody else. And notice it's that we give preference to one another in honor. It's not just giving preference to the leader or to the person who is, you know, in charge, but it's preference and honor to one another. Right? Amen. It says to be of the same mind towards one another, to live in harmony with one another. These are attitudes of harmony that the Lord is wanting us to work together. Because you know what? You and I need all of our body parts working together in harmony. You ever have something get out of joint to where it didn't work just right? Or something that was, you have a muscle or something get out of joint? You know what? When your body is not in harmony, it's painful to everything else. You don't have the same ease of movement or ease of expression. Be of the same mind towards one another. That is, and that goes right along with number five. Let us not judge one another anymore. The word anymore means we've been doing it, right? The word anymore means we've been doing it. We've been judging one another. But it says, okay, let's don't judge each other anymore. Let's be done with judging one another. You know, the Bible says to be merciful. We want to sow mercy in order that we can receive mercy, right? I want to receive mercy. Guess what? You have to sow mercy. Be merciful. The reason these things are in the scriptures is because we've got so many temptations to do the opposite. So many temptations to judge one another. And instead, we don't understand we're on the same team, folks. We're the same body. We come together not to point the finger and to bring division and push each other apart, but instead to pull each other together. Amen. The verse number six says, to pursue the things which make for peace and the building up of one another. You know, there, there are some groups of people, they pursue things that divide. They look to spark debate and controversy. And they're looking for things to separate, and reasons not to associate, and reasons not to get along. And there are people who delight in starting trouble, don't they? They delight in strife and contention. So the scripture says, we're going to pursue things that make for peace and building up one another. Number seven is admonish or instruct one another. Number eight, ex- oh, and by that, you know, number seven, admonish and instruct, it doesn't say that just the official preacher or the official teacher instructs. You know, there are plenty of opportunities that we have to instruct. Sometimes it's over a cup of coffee or over the telephone. Sometimes it's just in sharing, well, let me share what happened in my life. Or, you know, the scripture says, let me remind you what the scripture says. And the Bible says we can instruct one another. We need to be ready to instruct one another because sometimes we forget stuff. Sometimes we need to be reminded. Number eight says, accept one another. Do you know that God has accepted us already? Nobody perfect in the room, right? Nobody perfect? You still got some things that aren't quite maybe to God's liking? Has he still accepted us anyway? Absolutely. We have no idea how much we have offended God. We have no idea because we all think we've got it pretty much together. Anybody have a rude awakening besides me? Think you had it all together? I was doing pretty good, pretty good Christian, pretty good, had it all together. And the Holy Spirit just kind of pulls back the curtain and says, hello, there's a few things that need some work. And you go, oh, yuck, 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 I didn't know that was in there. I've had that happen on more than one occasion. 
So guess what? We're going to accept one another. Do you know that when we have seen some of our own darkness, our own deceitfulness, we can have a lot more mercy for somebody else's? The people who are the most judgmental, the most critical, have never seen their own hearts. How do you think that's true? Because when you're judgmental and critical, you set yourself up as, well, my way, I'm perfect and pure in every way, right? But when we see our own hearts, we go, yeah, I used to be just like that. I've done it before. I thought, I used to be like that. Okay, well, cut them some slack. Pray for them. Instruct them. Encourage them. Give them some space. It'll be okay. (laughs) Accept one another. You know what? That's one expression of love. Do you know what love accepts you as you are without expecting you to change? It does. Love accepts you as you are. Because if you wait to be changed before your love, that's conditional love, isn't it? All right? When, when a child is born, before he has done right or wrong, his parents love him because he is. Right? You know that God has accepted and loved us as we are. And that's the challenge that we have is to love one another as we are. And the and Bible has, has says these things because the temptation is going to be to not accept each other. The temptation is going to be to reject people until they do things the way we think they should or they get all their little ducks in a row. It's true. There's a lot of people, we're waiting for them to get it right before we accept them. And the Bible clearly says, let's go ahead and accept them now. Just accept them now. Work grace in you. Number nine is care for one another. To care for one another means we're going to have to allow our hearts to be opened up and to have some genuine friendship and genuine interaction with folks, right? It'd be a shame if you were going through a a horrendous deal and nobody here knew about it. That'd be awful. We want to have the care one for another so that if you're hurting, we can at the very least hug you, cry with you, pray for you, encourage you, something, so that you don't feel like you have to walk through it alone. Number 10 is bear one another's burdens. Bear one another's burdens. You know, we live in a society that they don't want to deal with anybody else's stuff. We don't want to know about anybody else's problem. We only pray for our own concerns. We don't pray for anybody else's concerns. We're not concerned. You know what? God's told us the opposite of that. It says to bear one another's burdens. It also says it will fulfill the law of Christ. Because Jesus came to bear our burdens, not his own burden. Right? Okay, also, be kind to one another. You know, to be kind, many times the challenge is because people you know, are undeserving of our kindness, but the Lord has said, be kind to them anyway. Be kind to them anyway. You see, a lot of times we're waiting for people to deserve it. Hey, you and I don't deserve any kindness, do we? Do we deserve any kindness? Of course not. But God, who is rich in mercy, is kind to all. Forgive one another. Why is that in there? Because people are going to hurt you. They're going to wound you. They're going to aggravate you. And so the instruction is, Forgive one another. You know, this is, there again, this is something that is the mark of Christianity. It is forgiveness. And it'd be, you know, it'd be, our lives would be a lot easier, be nicer, you know, maybe if we never had to do this. But the truth is, as long as you're walking, you're going to have to forgive people. That's just the way it is. And most of the time, they don't ask for an apology. Many times, they don't know they've done anything. It doesn't make any difference. The Word of God says to forgive each other, right? In verse 13, it says to be subject one to another, to yield to one another, to be willing to put down our own preferences so that someone else's may be 
maybe taken care of. Sometimes we do that with our, our um, areas of liberty. Paul talked about that as far as he was concerned, you know, every day of the week was the same, but to certain people, a certain day of the week held a special significance. And he said there are certain people, they won't eat meat that's offered to idols. Other people, they think it's no big deal because an idol's nothing. And he says, but we want to have the consideration for somebody else's weakness, where somebody else has got an issue with it. If somebody else wants to fight and argue that Saturday is the only day on which a person should worship God, I'm not going to get in a fight with them about it. You know? I'm not going to get in a fight with them about it. There's no point of doing so. Just, you know, we accept them where they are. Okay, that's where they are. And life goes on, right? Okay. It says also in 14, agree with one another. Hmm. Because we're going to be tempted to disagree, right? So agree with one another. Are we going to agree with one another on everything? But can we agree to disagree sometimes? Can we agree together to work together for same vision? for same direction, and, a, and with the heart attitude of God, if I need to have my opinions, judgments, whatever, adjusted, then come on, let's get them adjusted. Because, you know, nobody's 100% right, and nobody's 100% wrong. True? So agreeing with one another. Number 15, it says teach one another. Teach one another. Number 16, comfort one another. 17, build up one another. Number 18, live in peace with one another. Number 19, seek after that which is good for one another. Number 20, encourage one another day by day. Even if they don't, you don't think they need it, they need it. Encourage one another day by day. You know, a lot of times people are walking in the door for a gathering of the people of God. And like, if I can just get to the worship, if I can just get to the presence of God. You know, I just left work where everybody was screaming. My boss was yelling at me. If I can just get to church where there's going to be some people who will treat me with kindness, some people who will love on me. You know, many times that's the heart that people have when they come in. So we want to comfort and build up one another and encourage one another. Stimulate one another to love and to good deeds. Encourage one another. When people have an idea, they want to do something good, they want to be a blessing, encourage people to go ahead, pursue that. Be a blessing. Use your gifts. Use your abilities. Be a blessing and encourage each other to try to outdo each other in love and good deeds. We're also to confess your sins one to another, James says. Confess your sins. Let people know that you've got stuff you're still working on. Let people know that there's, you know, is there anybody who knows what you're dealing with? Is there anybody in your life that you can pray with, somebody can talk to and say, you know, pray with me, believe God for me. I want to get the victory over this fear in my life. I want to get the victory over this envy in my life. Is there anybody in your life that you can confess to? The scripture says so. You know that what I believe that God is bringing us to a place as the body of Christ, not just here, but I believe across the body of Christ. He is building us to a place where we will be a safe environment to where people will feel that when they come in, they're not going to get judged, they're not going to get criticized or rejected and cast out, but they're going to get supported, they're going to get prayed for, they're going to get instructed, and they're going to have somebody that's going to hold them accountable and walk them through to a place of healing and victory. I believe that for too long the church has not been a safe place. You know, it's been said the church was the only army that shoots its wounded. Mm -hmm. And we have seen people who they got hurt and wounded, they fell 
but the church was not there to support and restore. Instead, of the church was there to put them out. You know, I'm all about redemption and restoration. And I really believe that, that God is doing a work in us, that as we are building humility in our hearts and recognizes, you know what, there is one Savior, and it's Jesus Christ, right? There's one person who died for the sins of the world. And so the rest of us, we all come at the foot of the cross. And so we come together as, as sheep of his pasture. People join together and say, you know what? I need a Savior too. I need a Savior too. And so do you. So therefore we can support one another as we're working out our salvation with fear and trembling, right? You know, I wanted to get to the point to where at some, at some point to where nobody ever has to have a hidden secret they are afraid of telling. You know, there are people who are right now, they struggle with things. They don't know a safe person to talk to. You know, they are so afraid of getting judged and rejected and torn down. You know, I got, and, and you know, people, they, they come into groups of believers and they got all the happy face on. Everything's fine. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And you don't know what they're dealing with in secret. There's a lot of secret struggle that's going on. And there are so many people who are alone. They don't tell anybody about the stuff that's going on. And I really believe that God wants to bring us to a place where we love one another with a pure love. We're open with one another. And we're not judgmental. We're not critical. And we're able to support one another as you're walking out these things. Amen? So nobody, because you know what? The devil thrives in darkness. Sin thrives in darkness. It says, bring these things to the light so there is freedom. Hallelujah. Be hospitable to one another without complaint. <coughs> hospitable. You know what? Hospitable means to extend yourself for another person. You can extend yourself in conversation, in food, in lodging. It doesn't have to be at your house. You can be hospitable sitting here, not even your house. You can be hospitable by extending yourself and making somebody else feel more comfortable and at ease. And it says to do so without complaint. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Serve one another. Show humility, humility towards one another and fellowship with one another. That's a list of 26 commands. That as we are seeking to edify one another, we're going to seek to be a blessing, a strength, an encouragement, a support to one another, not only with spiritual gifts, not only with scriptures, but even with just everyday interaction with folks, all right? You know, when we look over this list of things, you know, you might be thinking, well, you know, nobody does this to me. Nobody cares about what's going on with me. You know, nobody loves me. Nobody comforts me, blah, blah, blah. You know what? You can't get into that self-pity crap. That is self-pity, and you cannot get there. It is not a matter. The question is not who's been doing this for me, who loves me, who cares about me, that's not it. Jesus is not going to look at you and say, well, did nobody care for you, you poor baby? No, it's going to be, who did you love? Who did you extend yourself to? Who did you reach out to? Nobody invites me out for coffee. Did you invite anybody else for coffee? You know, I hear a lot of that stuff sometimes. People, well, nobody did this for me. Nobody. Hey, extend yourself, right? Extend yourself. The Bible says a man that, that wants friends must show himself friendly. That means you extend yourself to somebody else. You don't wait for them to go first. That's called growing up, folks. Right? That's called growing up. we got to get out of self-pity. Poor me. Nobody calls me. 
Nobody speaks to me. Nobody, nobody. Okay, well, then turn it around, and you be the one that reaches out, okay? This is what love is. It's not how many people love you. It's how many people do you love. You see, self-pity wants to get you stuck in nobody loves you or not very many people love you. Nobody cares about you. You know, there's a lot of people rejected Christ Jesus. Isn't that true? But he loved so much. It was about the Father's love for all of us. It was about Jesus' love for all of us. His love was one that counted, right? It's the love that gives. And his love gave and gave and gave. An unconditional God love gives and gives and gives, whether or not it gets it back or gets it back. That's unconditional love. It's I give it to you, no strings attached. I love you, no strings attached. You don't have to be nice. You don't have to be sweet. You don't have to give back to me. I will love you regardless. Folks, that is what God is after in each one of us. Not how much we are loved, but how much that we have loved. You see, when we come, we want to come with our heart being full of the love of God to seek to be a blessing to one another, to seek to reach out. God, what do you want to do? What can I do tonight? Is there a scripture? Is there a song? Is there some encouragement? Somebody needs some serving. Somebody needs some comfort. Somebody needs some prayer. What can I do tonight to make somebody else's life a little brighter, a little better? That's what God's after in the body of Christ. To where this should be, the people of God should be your favorite place to be. Because it is the most life-giving, the most nourishing. You get your needs met more than you do out in the job, out with your friends, anywhere else. This is the place that does it for you. It's this group of people because it's so much life flow. You know, there are people when they have, there are people who have um, died and gone to heaven. And you know, the ones that have come back have invariably said, I didn't want to come back. Why did they not want to come back? Because the love of God was so strong there with the presence of the Lord and the people that they met there, they didn't want to come back. I want it to be that the love of God is flowing out of us so strong that people are marked by the love of God and they can't get us out of their mind. They've got to get back where those people love me. Where those people love me. I've heard more than one person say, that they attended a certain church because that church loves me. That one loves me, you know. Not the pastor loves me, the worship leader loves me, the usher loves me, but those people love me, right? Amen. This is about growing and being a safe expression of the body of Christ, about being a healthy expression of the body of Christ, where nobody's alone. Hallelujah. The scripture says in 1 Corinthians 10, Is not the cup of blessing which we bless a sharing in the blood of Christ? Is not the bread which we break a sharing in the body of Christ? Since there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one bread. Thank you for joining us. For more information about Destiny Spirit Church, or additional teaching CDs or training events, please visit our website at www.destinyspirit.com or 
you can write to us at Destiny Spirit Church, P.O. Box 15252, Chesapeake, Virginia, 23328. Thank you.